brothers, sisters, and siblings, I want to call your attention to the good news that I preach to you, which you also received and in which you stand. You are being saved through it if you hold to the message I preach to you, unless somehow you believed it for nothing. I passed on to you as most important what I also received. Christ died for our sins in line with the scriptures. He was buried and he rose on the third day in line with the scriptures. He appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, and then he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at once. Most of them are still alive to this day, though some have died. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me as if I were born at the wrong time. I'm the least important of the apostles. I don't deserve to be called an apostle because I harassed God's church. I am what I am by God's grace, and God's grace hasn't been for nothing. In fact, I have worked harder than all the others. That is, it wasn't me, but the grace of God that is with me. So then, whether you heard the message from me or them, this is what we preach, and this is what you have believed. The word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. God of first breath in the morning, God of rest in the evening, we ask that you would be with us this day. Remind us of your presence wherever we may be seated or standing, wherever we may be gathering in this place. We ask, oh God, that that same spirit would guide the words of my mouth, the meditations of all of our hearts, so they are acceptable to you. We are grateful for an opportunity to gather this day, oh God. Help us to do something good with the day and all that you give. We pray all this in the name of Christ and God's people say, Amen. So uh, we have just been through a month of uh, pretty intense thinking about us and who we are as a congregation. Uh, many of you, I think most of you have now finished all of your small groups uh, in reflection of that. And so I'm inviting us for February to kind of just almost embrace what we call in our, in our liturgical calendar, our church calendar, ordinary time. A lot of people don't like that word, ordinary time, because people say, well, God doesn't make ordinary. And I'm like, sometimes God just lets us rest a bit and take a breath, the peaks and valleys of life. And so uh, for February, that's kind of what we're doing. We're just going to go back to uh, what is the lectionary, which is uh, uh, a traditional um, uh, travel through scripture that many churches use. Uh, we're back to a more normal vibe of our order that folks recognize. And then once we hit Lent, we're going to play again. We're going to do some things, and I might switch some things up in worship. Uh, Kelly is going to be preaching during Lent. Uh, we're just going to, we'll, we'll, we'll have another peak time uh, during this. But now I, I want us to kind of lean into this kind of breathtaking moment. Not in a grand breathtaking, but just being able to breathe. 
I think part of uh, what we like in our culture is often um, what is exciting and what is new and what's the next thing. And uh, in this area in particular, I think we love urgency and we, you know, things need to get done um, faster than maybe they actually need to get done. Uh, we like the new shiny thing. Like I, I, I totally buy into that with many, many people, but I actually feel like sometimes what happens is then, uh, and I'm going to sound like, like an old person now, like, get off my lawn, right? I think we forget what has brought us here. We sometimes are like, well, let's, we're moving so quickly that let's remember why we are even doing what we're doing in the first place. I hope over the last month what we've been able to do is to, in some ways, reclaim or rename or re-engage, uh, reaffirm, you know, pillars of this congregation's life. You didn't hear anything like staggeringly new about who we were. That wouldn't make any sense, right? It wouldn't have made any sense for last week, last month for us to say, and now we are going to do this and it has nothing to do with who we are. In fact, part of building on to your future is recognizing what we hold on to and what we let go of. It's like the great migration that happens, you know, when anybody travels or you make big transitions. Uh, Phyllis Tickle, a great theologian, used to talk about the migration of people on stagecoaches from the east to the west, and that as you would go through, people would just realize that, uh, like, there's too much weight. We got to dump this. And apparently all across the wagon shell, there's stuff left on the side because we've realized, oh, we didn't actually need that. I think about my in-laws when we move them into their first uh, assisted living or independent living, and my, my mother-in-law was like, I need to take everything in the kitchen. <laughs> and we're like, well, mom, you're probably not going to need everything. I'm taking it all. And we're like, okay, right? And so, you know, you move into your first independent living, and all of a sudden you realize, oh, maybe I don't need all of this. I am going to be dangerously a victim of this when I have to move my kitchen someday, because I, do I really need 12 pans and pot, pots and pans? I, I really don't, but we have them. I think it's, it's some like that happens all the time. We begin to gather up, and then something needs to happen for us to realize what's really important. We have to be reminded about what are the things in our life, in our communities, in our souls that are worth holding on to because it gives us the meaning about who we are and it helps us to grow into who God hopes us to become. I think for us, that is and has been this pandemic, pandemic season. We are about a month away from our two-year um, commemoration, or I guess it's an anniversary of when we stopped having full worship in this place. Pandemic has provided us an opportunity. I do not consider it a silver lining by any means, but opportunity is born out of pain to experience and think about ourselves differently. I'll get to that in a minute, but Part of why it's important for us to do this is what Paul was doing to the letter in the Corinthians, the, the letter you just heard. So you've known Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, a lot. You hear about it all the time. And um, the interesting thing about this one is um, there was no incident that Paul was writing to about. This is just the last chapter of 1 Corinthians. And so many think that he was just wanting to make a huge point at the end of this letter about what is important. Paul tells the church in Corinth to remember a couple of things. 
Remember that you are a resurrection people, that the, the importance of the death and the resurrection cannot be dismissed, that it gives us uh, meaning about who we are, and then spends a whole bunch of time reminding us about grace. And that no matter what you or I do, God will be and does love us. Ultimately, this is a story, a telling, a letter, an exhortation, a command, a message of hope. That almost no matter what's going on in our world and in our lives, we have to hold on to this idea that God has said to us, even out of death, there is new life. Even out of despair, there is hope. And that is a message that I hope you've heard from me before. I hope you've heard from previous preachers, because ultimately our understanding as Christian people is that out of that experience of the life, death, and resurrection of Christ, we are offered grace. Next Sunday, I'm going to talk about the resurrection a little bit more intently. But today, I want to talk a little bit about this idea that, that Paul is reminding us about what is important. That remembering that we are promised in Scripture in our text that there would be this struggle and death and despair and there would be new life and that it is passed down over and over again. I love the end of this, the, this reading where Paul's like, well, you know, you might have heard it from me, you might have heard it from someone else. Who knows who you heard it? You heard it from me, a person who tormented the church. Like, it, it isn't this pure kind of way that we even hear this idea of grace, that grace and hope are transmitted through us who are imperfect vessels. We are people who continually ignore God. We're people who continually turn away from the way God hopes us to be. But yet, in some miraculous way, not only are we given grace, but we can share it with others. But today I want to talk a little bit about this idea of, of what is important. I think pandemic, I use the word often that it has been a revelatory time. I think people are tired and they're bone weary and we all have reasons to be and some more than others, some, you know, the ebbs and flows of life. Some of us don't want to exist how tired we are because we might live in places of privilege or it, we have enough wealth to be able to really survive and not be too impacted by this. But ultimately we are tired and the world is weary and uh, few of us are at our best. You can see uh, discourse that uh, people are on edge. We've forgotten how to give people the benefit of the doubt. There's just all kinds of going on, things going on. But yet I do believe that out of all of this, we are discovering things about ourselves that are important. It's almost, um, I don't want to just quite use the word crazy, but what are we thinking about doing a mission statement process in the middle of a pandemic? If you step away from that, that almost makes no sense. But yet I was, as I was preparing for today, I was like, oh, but doesn't make all the sense in the world. Because we're in a time where we are actually saying to ourselves, sometimes forcing ourselves to toss stuff off the wagon because we've realized that's not actually as important as we thought it was. I know for many of us and pastors all over when these online services started, it was like my, my mother-in-law with the kitchen. They took everything they did in person and stuck it all online and then realized over time, oh, we don't need all of that. I think that's this 
kind of this grace that has been offered to us during the season for us to be, for God to reveal what are the things that are important about our lives. Where is the despair that has turned into new life? Where is the grace and the hope that are, that are illustrated and expressed? And how is God speaking that into our world as a result of the season of pandemic? What, in fact, is important to who we are? We've been talking about us as a congregation for the last month, so I don't want to dwell on that all that much. But we do know there are certain things about our church that are important. Right? We believe in the pursuit of justice in the world. We believe in being a community that is welcoming and open to LGBTQI people and communities. And we believe that how we engage one another's intellect and heart and spirit are important. We believe in trying to be creative and flexible. We believe in fighting th for things like the climate. We believe in pursuing anti-racism. We believe in how we gather together and care for one another. We believe these things because they're important to us and those aren't things we're tossing out because we've been informed that these are important to us. But there may be things that we are no longer, no longer are as important to us that maybe we thought they were before. I'm not going to name all of those, but feel free to share in the chat. If there are things about church congregational life that maybe they aren't as important anymore, feel free to share. But I think that's an important question as we move into the future as we move together, as this congregation decides how it will live into its next things, what are really important elements to being church for you all and for me? But let's not talk about us anymore. We were talking about that all month. I think it's important also to think about what it means for us to move in the community. As you, as humans, as individuals, as you move through the larger communities of your life, your friend groups, your, your relationships, those close to you, what are important, what are the, the basics that you need and are important to you that you've discovered over these past two years? Every time somebody comes on a call now, we'll say things like, gosh, I haven't spoken to you in years. I'm like, I haven't spoken to a lot of people in years at this point. But what is important is how we've built connections. I can now think of the core people in my life, the 10 or so people that I now call more regularly over this pandemic time than I ever did before. That people close to me in my life who help to guide me and help me discern and are just connected to me. I talk with them more often than I ever before. I mean, I think, you know, Kelly's here. Kelly and I have connected more over these last two years than we did the decade probably before because pandemic has created these moments of connection and we have common friends that that has happened with. I mean, I think part of what we've been given this gift is to be able to decide what is important and what relationships are important. The other area that I think has been revelatory is how you believe you are to tend to your own soul. We were forced into isolation two years ago. We were forced into readjusting how we engage. We were forced into, if you are living alone, to be with yourself. If you are, are in, a, in a relationship that you are living together, I, you're forced into all of a sudden, I have many friends like, oh, we're together all the time now. Right? You're forced into these things. And while I know that sometimes it's frustrating, like as a, as a generally an extrovert, there's these moments where I'm like, I gotta see people. 
And so I'll just go to a cafe just to see people. Or I, I don't stare at them, it's not creepy. I just kind of go because there's people around me. But like, I know that there's frustration in that, but there are some really important gifts that we've been given during this time of pandemic, pandemic individually. I think we've been forced into having intimacy with our own spirit that we weren't before. Like we've been forced and, and given this time to think, to maybe read, to cook, to center, to not be going from place to place and to just be. I think that's a revelatory thing that, that possibly those of us that, that have prided ourselves at running 100 miles an hour all the time might be able to hold on to. We can cast off this idea that everything is urgent. We can cast off this idea of high expectations for ourselves and others that aren't about lowering the quality of what we do, but it's about removing this idea that the only worth we have is what we do. And ultimately, I think this time, the revelatory time has been that we can really think about what we are called to do what our calling and our energy and how we move through the world, what is actually important to us? There are lots of things that I used to think were, gosh, I gotta do this and this and this and this, otherwise everything will fall down. What we've realized, and I know I've realized, is that that is not true. That actually, I am better, I'm a better person, I'm a better husband, I hope I'll be a better pastor, when I actually think about where my energy is spent best. And that I don't think about rest as a reward for hard work, I think about rest as a way to tend to my soul that the, so that the work that I do throughout the day is that much more tender, is that more impactful, is that more caring, and is more faithful. Now, each of us are gonna have these revelatory things to think about in your life. Like how you're moving through the world that has changed and what you've been able to set aside. What is God calling you to do as you move into what is next? We've been talking about that as a church. We will talk about that as communities. And I think it's important that we all come into this space and these conversations thinking about what is important for us. Because while it has been difficult, I know that we are probably more tired than we would like to admit to ourselves. These ebbs and flows and these pivots of life and living and church and all that, it is just exhausting and I'm done with it as many of you are. But at the same time, we can't forget that we are a resurrection people. That God has promised to us in scripture and in experience that even out of death, and despair, there is hope and new life. And if there is any basics, if there's any fundamental thing that we as people who believe and follow this one, that this Christ that we call Jesus, if we take that seriously as individuals and as community, if we can just remember that even out of our deepest despair, conflict, struggle, whatever you wanna call it, when it feels like it is not going in the way that is just pure joy and happiness and rainbows and that when it feels difficult, that God promises us grace, that we've already received it. And so we move into those spaces with an eye towards hope, that even when things seem terrible, when we watch the news, 
when we get bad news ourselves from family, when our bodies are aching, when our souls are tired, and even when our bodies and our communities may see death, remember the basics of our faith is that in the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are made new. And if we lose that, if we let that fade away, then we are nothing. So my friends, as we gather, as we continue to move through the world, remember that there is hope. That as difficult as life may be for you and in the world, as hard as it may feel sometimes, remember Paul's exhortation that we have grace. Hold on to that. Hold on to that. Hold on to that. Let us pray. God, for the ways in which you speak into our pain and our struggle, we give you thanks. We ask that you don't allow us just to move through and ignore that all that may be going on in our spirits, our community, and in our world, but that you remind us that at the end of the day, hope does win out. We ask that you remind us every day that out of despair and death, we are the people who believe in new life that as a gift from you, that we will hold on and cherish forever. We pray all this in the name of Christ.